0: Tissapigs, the RPG podcast (laughs) Am I getting paid for this one?
1: Everybody, welcome back to the next episode of Titterpigs. This is episode 16, and we are rocking it. Uh, thanks again for tuning in and listening to us ramble on. Uh, we've got an exciting topic in our main segment, but before we get to that, we need to talk about what is new with us, Scott.
0: Yeah, what's new with me? I mean, what maybe gaming wise, maybe gaming news. You know, who knows? This this is going to change, you know, time to time, and. And it's obviously going to date our episodes because, uh, you know, depending on what's happening now, it's going to may or may not be relevant in the future. But for now, what is new with me So, Scott, is, before, mm-hmm. what yeah. in the last 24 hours
1: has, and this is a term <laughs> that I, um, uh, that you, you used <laughs> off air that just, I got to use it now. So, in the last 24 yeah. to 36 hours, what, what has, uh, what's trending that has tickled your pickle?
0: Yes. Well, (laughs) something that I feel that I may have helped trend on Twitter is okay. So let's start with you know the the very beginning. I woke up uh, yesterday and there is an advertisement on Facebook. And like you know, people who utilize Facebook, this is nothing new. It's that people advertise so many so much stuff like social media. They tailor it to your your search options. You know your search history, whatever the case may be. Long story short, uh, D and D Beyond. You know, D and D Beyond, you know, came out with an advertisement for Dragonlance. Uh, Dragonlance essentially, apparently, uh, is just about ready to drop uh, from um, Wizards of the Coast. And for those who are not aware, D and D Beyond is no longer a third party um, company, but they are currently owned by Wizards of the Coast. And so, you know, part of their thing is is to have a mutual advertisements in regards to new properties. You know. Watsi's going to say, "Hey, Dragonlance is coming." D and D Beyond is also going to do that. Well, uh, yesterday morning, I there was an advertisement I saw, and it it has you know the typical watsy artwork. It's kind of like, eh, nothing big, but that's nothing new. That's not going to make me you know stop and pause. Uh, announcing, you know, the the world of Dragonlance was you know something I knew about, nothing big, but their selling line, or I guess their headline was, "Welcome to the world of." Kieran. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Not just in the header, <laughs> but also in the link below. Uh, I, I did copy and paste a picture of it and, and shared it on Twitter. <laughs> oh my God,
1: it's beautiful too.
0: And made kind of a, like a little skit of it. Uh, here, I, I should have it up. Yeah, okay. So the essentially the skit was Watsi. Uh Okay, so Spelljammer did not come, come off as well as we hoped, so we want everyone to work extra hard to make sure we show everyone we are treating Dragonlance a well-loved, you know, property, a, a classic property. There's many people who are fans of it and will continue to be fans of it uh, with respect and dissuade any worries. Hey, you are the new ones here at D&D Beyond. Uh, you got this. And my response in the little skit was d Beyond. Indubitably... You know, <laughs> we got it boss we're, we're, we're we've got this covered oh, you know yeah. we're D D beyond man we we know what we're doing here and so the advertisement was bring karen to your table k-y-r-n-n uh with below you know repeating that in the actual link what
1: that is crazy <laughs> man somebody somebody's that- gonna lose their job over that pr faux pas
0: Oh, God. I, I mean, and it's just skyrocketed from there. You know, not just from me and people sharing this thing, but other people have, you know, saw the same thing. And they let it ride throughout, you know, well over 24 hours. It's gone Re- now. Issuing it. Yeah. But they reissued it hours later with new artwork. until finally, I think after it started trending yesterday, they finally took it down and fixed it. But the damage was done. And I guess my point here is, Classic settings from Dungeons & Dragons is something that people want for 5e. Uh, The the old grognards do. You know, the younger generation are looking for something that's, you know, new and different to play in. And there's an interest in these things. You know, Dark Sun, Dragonlance, uh, Greyhawk, Spelljammer. Excuse me, I just threw up a little in my throat. But they really dropped the ball with Spelljammer. And so people are like crossing their fingers hoping, okay, come on, guys, you got this. You learn from your mistakes. Treat Dragonlance with respect and bring us the world... You know, that we were expecting, you know, not just the old guys, but even the new guys who felt like they what they did with Spelljammer was a piece of crap also. So out of the gate yeah, yeah. <laughs> was this flow. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's pretty much that's in in a very large and long nutshell. Uh That's what's new with me in the gaming world and or gaming news. So, you know, good times. And it's still it's still trending and it's still people are commenting. And I want to add before we go on to what's new with you. Uh, just about an hour ago, one of the co-creators of Dragonlance, Margaret Weiss, popped on there and her comment was, oh, dear God, no. Uh, <laughs> so fantastic. yes. So when the creator of this world pops on there and sees her creation treated with this type of respect and dignity, and her response is that, you may want to hold off on that pre-order. Uh, maybe wait till it comes out <laughs> yeah, to see wow. if it's similar to... <laughs> what spell jammer was and then uh you know you know go from there. So yeah. So that's that's what's new with me. So Keith, what's what's been up with you or what's new with you?
1: Wow, I wanted to, I was gonna mention a, a game I played this past weekend, but um mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna switch gears and since we're talking about news and you were talking about bring out your Karens or or whatever, it kind of reminds me <laughs> of Bring Out Your Dead. Ooh. So that that's my uh my lead into the the crazy bananas um Kickstarter that launched today as of this recording anyways for the Money Python role playing game. And right. holy moly, they're already they're they're coming close to three quarters of a million dollars already in less than twenty four hours. Wow. It was like six hundred and something thousand just before we started recording. Holy oh yeah, they're over God. half a million dollars, they- trending up to three quarters of a million dollars before before I eat dinner tonight. 2,500 backers. It's bananas. Um, so, you know, a comedy game designed to be a comedy game and replicate the the shenanigans and the shticks and all of that stuff of Monty mm-hmm. Python. I'm a Monty Python fan. I've got the entire Flying Circus on DVD. I've got almost all of the movies, right. some of the live stuff on DVD. I wouldn't trade the stuff for the world. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to back it. I like the spoofy bits. I, I just don't know how it's going to come off as a game, though. Hmm.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a couple. I, I ended up backing it this morning and this was even before it hit its you know Kickstarter goal. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, but but um, but I, I've been listening to a couple podcasts uh, of them describing it in the game and, and out the door when it was first announced. I primarily thought it was going to be a focus on just Holy Grail material, but it's it's their uh, entire library. Oh so yeah, it's kinda, the entire it's library. I
1: just pulled it up. It's yeah. uh, uh, at present, it's four thousand seven hundred ninety-four backers at six hundred twenty-four thousand
0: dollars. Oh wow! And uh, it's only been yep, launched go.
1: for less than twelve hours, as as of this recording right here, right now. So that's so. that's crazy.
0: So yeah, so you 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 tell me you know what your opinion of it is. But uh, one of the things that uh, some friends of mine mention is it's an intentionally humorous game. Uh, games that are meant to be humorous, not due to what occurs in the game, but the game itself. Like what uh, Tune uh, was was is one that kind of pops in my head. I'm trying to think of some other ones that are actually strictly built upon being humorous as the primary goal. Uh,
1: well, look at. Um, um... Bit more narrative, but still meant to be funny storytelling is uh, "Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Munchausen" or "Princess Bride." Not not necessarily funny, but kind of uh, right skit like and shtick and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, a shtick. Yeah. That,
0: I think that's a good word. And and so, like some friends of mine, like they're on the fence because you know their experience has been if a game is, if an RPG is intentionally funny, you know. He don't normally turn out to be during play, uh, whether it seems forced or it just doesn't seem to be natural in in the humor as right. it's played out. But you did mention one that uh, that may contradict that, and that's Baron Moonchild, right? Because you know, it's I don't think it's there. It's a different kind of humor. It is, and it's, is. Uh, uh, and it's yeah. an imposed by the
1: players in how they right. craft their their story, their narratives. Through play, the that's where the comedy element comes in, with them chiding each other into into telling crazier and crazier stories that are all uh, interconnected in some some crazy strange way. This I right. I, I don't know. I've got to finish reading through the Kickstarter. The pitch video is mm-hmm. like the opening to the Holy Grail. You know, Flying Circus. Yeah, uh, more more mm-hmm. Flying Circus than Holy Grail, but it's in de- it's intentionally playing up the the nostalgia and the silliness and the puns. And so I I don't know. I got a feeling I'm going to probably lean towards your friend's assessment, but you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I've been, I've been wrong before. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to read through all the material and then make an informed decision based on what, what they're pitching at me as a consumer. And we'll go from there.
0: Right. I, I think it may, we may not be erring too much on the side of caution that this might be kind of like the avatar RPG where the fans are buying it, the collectors are buying it, but it once it arrives and maybe just on the shelf as a collector's item, it may never be played. I don't know. It's hard to yeah, say. Cause, like, mean, yeah, because I mean, as I
1: said, I'm a fan of Monty Python and all things Monty Python. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they yeah. might have me because of that. Yeah. I don't know. So,
0: I mean, I I, I own a bottle of their uh, Holy Grail beer. It's not that No, it's not. Uh, So, so it's, it's sat in the fridge for a very long Iron time. Iron Maiden's so, Trooper yeah, much better.
1: <laughs> just saying from experience so anyways right. that's uh i wanted to piggyback off of the the kind of the the news um as for mm-hmm. what's new with me there, there's other things but we don't need to drone on about yeah. all that so
0: nope I, I think we've done a fine job just kind of you know catching up so uh without further ado why don't we see about rolling into our next segment
1: So Scott, we're gonna we're gonna dive right in. Um, we are going to entertain our listeners mm-hmm. this evening uh, with player etiquette and I think our general tips and tricks to be a better player at the table. And we all know that there are bookshelves, uh, small gamer libraries dedicated to how to be a better GM, how to write a better scenario, how to do this, how to do that, but every, most everything is from the Game Master's perspective, and very little is f- for the player. Right. Let's face it, you're a player, I'm a player, everybody's a player as much as we are Game Masters, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are things players can do coming to the table to make their, their experience better and those around them.
0: Right. 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 There's, there's a lot of things with that. And we, I, I've seen some comments because I threw it out into Twitter. And granted, I, I do believe in, you know, one of the ones was, you know, it's about communication. It can be, but it, it does need to be more than that. And a couple people did also throw out the, uh, the old rule of, oh, you're drinking water now. I was I was trying to toss you a softball, but uh, the sun got oh. in your eyes. <laughs> Sorry. The, the rule you mentioned earlier. Oh, oh, the Will Wheaton rule. Yes, which is don't be a dick. Right. <laughs> and again, just like it's all about communication and not being a dick. That's a part of it. But uh, hopefully, we're going to touch on some things here, like you, like you said, that uh, may um, inform you, uh, may also even hopefully maybe turn a mirror on you. Because uh, I think there's a lot of people out there, especially players who may not have never run a game before, that uh, may not rec- have recognized some of the bad habits that they're displaying uh, at the table uh, because they haven't been confronted about it yet. And uh, so, and and I know there's people out there right now shouting, "Well, what about the DM? The DM should be, you know, bringing this to their attention." Hey, there's enough stuff out there for GMs and DMs, like he said. This is player time, so. Grab yourself a nice hot cup of cocoa, uh, take a couple chill pills, wrap up into that nice weighted blanket, while we talk about player etiquette. Now, all right. Amen. So, all right. So, where do we want to dive in? Because you know, we 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 we've talked about you know from from since the dawning of RPGs, uh, right. there's there's been this kind of like division, you know, from GMS and players, you know. It used to be the the GM, the DM was supposed to be up on a pedestal, and the players were just you know these little peasants there to enjoy the 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 game that the 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 GM was providing. Over time, the the the, the you know the weights uh, you know have shifted. Uh, they're, they've been brought closer together. You know, GMs, GMs, and DMs are now players now uh, to be considered in the same highlight and values as regular Fair. players, yeah. and, and and so on. So. But but with all of this done and all of this this progressive nature that's that's been kind of uh, you know accomplished over the years, you still see and read horror stories about GMs and DMs from from players who, to be perfectly honest, shouldn't be making these mistakes if they were actually doing the due diligence of being a good player. Oh, uh, absolutely. So so I th-
1: so I think the good a good jumping off point for this entire conversation mm-hmm. is first and foremost gaming at the table, bar none, all the players and the game master or facilitator or director, whatever whatever the term, storyteller, whatever the term is for the particular game being played, right? The, mm-hmm. For our purposes, it's just going to be game master, right? Right. Um, it's a social contract. It is a social event. Everybody is there socially, whether it's online or face to face, but everybody is there socially, so this is a social event mm-hmm. and therefore there is some type of social contract that has to be established it could it's obviously not a written contract let's let's face it unless you yeah. are doing some of the safety tool things that could be construed as as some written lines and veils and things like that and that's mm-hmm. all great. However, there are <clears throat> some player facing parts of a of a social contract that, in terms of expectations. That I think sometimes players just completely either are oblivious to, blatantly ignore, <laughs> or just we're not aware of. Right. Um, you know, first and foremost, right off the top of my head, be on time. If, okay. if you are playing in a game, whether it's online or face-to-face, most of these talking points can be applied to either. Be on time. Don't Don't stroll into your game five minutes late, ten minutes late. You are now impacting the play experience of everybody. Right. That game master... And in theory, the other players have have prepared and are ready to go. And if you stroll in five minutes late, you, you are now upsetting the apple cart, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so again, that Will Wheaton rule of don't be a dick applies right there, <laughs> right, right out the gate.
0: Right. I, I think you bring up a good point right there, because uh, let's not misconstrue what we're here to talk about. We're not talking about, you know, GMs versus players and how players no. can be better uh, you know, conduct themselves better for the game masters, which to a degree that is going to be part of it. But like you said, it is a social contract—a circle of people, and being a better player is not just learning how to respect, read, uh, anticipate, and even help pick out a GM, but also be aware of the people you're playing with at the same Correct. time. So yeah, all right. So yeah, what's another thing that uh, that you feel? uh, you know, what would, that you would bring to someone's attention in in something such as this.
1: Um, and, and just because I've seen it uh, as, as a player and as a game master, uh, both real space games, like at home, online at conventions, both online and in real space, Mm -hmm. um, just being prepared players will come to a table, even if they're on time early and they're just not prepared. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know how you go to a game convention, like a role-playing-only game convention in real space and don't even bring dice. I mean, unless this is your first absolute game, you know, absolutely right. first game convention, I get it. And if you're early and you tell your game master or the other players, hey, this is my first game convention, I don't have any dice, you know, be open and honest about it. People will loan you dice. I mean, right? people are super helpful, but you got to be open and you know, going back to what we said earlier, you know, communication, right? Right. But just being prepared, you know, mm-hmm. Goes along with being on time, but being prepared is like, yeah, being there, seated virtually too. You know, mm-hmm. ready to go, ready to play. You know, you have right. your character sheet. You if you need a pencil, you have a pencil. If you don't have one, you've asked mm-hmm. for one. You don't wait until right. you're ten minutes in and need a pencil. Going, uh, um, hey, does anybody have a pencil I can borrow? Right, or dice, or or whatever other bits and bobs you need, mm-hmm. or go. Oh, I have to run to my hotel room because uh, I'm at a convention, and I because I forgot something for the game. I've had that happen to me too.
0: So, piggybacking off of that, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel yes, uh, being prepared is something that not just is important material wise, but also game and character wise. I don't know how many yes. times you know you've either heard, read, or even been involved with. Uh, you know, hey Tony, what is what is your what is your wizard Garkle do? Uh he casts uh you know the 5th level spell uh what's it called the thing that deals with sand and transmutation and maybe it's disintegration okay you don't know your spells nah can't be bothered uh you know that's that's your job as as a gm to tell me what my stuff does no no no, no. <clears throat> your job as as a as a player is to be prepared to know and articulate your responsibility for the rules that you're playing within. The GM's job is to tell you the outcome of that uh, to a certain degree and also adjudicate and make sure the rules are being uh, properly followed. But you're the one that should be knowing what your player player character can or can't do, is capable of, the description of of, of the stuff that uh, he's involved in, skill, magic spells, whatever the case may be. But know the game. Know your character. Know them inside and out when you're there at the table. We're not perfect. We're going to forget stuff. But don't just show up there... Literally only knowing what your character's name is and nothing else about them. Um, oh
1: my God! Yeah, I mean, I'm I am helping to teach my 11 year old granddaughter old school essentials and fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. I expect that with her. Right. She's 11. She's mm-hmm. learning. I don't expect that when I have a 40 something or 50 something year old or a 30 something year old who's sitting at my table. Mm-hmm. That's a regular player. Right. This isn't. A, we're not talking about a convention game. I kind of no. expect some of that in a convention game. Of course. Of course. Right. That's why as a game master, I give them handouts and aids so they know what it does. Right. Uh, but as a long-term player, if you're committed to playing in my game, I expect some level of commitment that I'm giving you as, the, as your game master. I expect a, a similar level of commitment for you to know what, what it is, what spells your character can do, what powers they have, what what things that they can do and how they work. Yes, mm-hmm. Absolutely. You yeah. know, plus if you're playing at my house, I expect you to bring beer from time to time. That's that's just a nice courtesy. <laughs> <laughs> that gets bonus XP sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's an it's, again, it's a social episode. contract thing. But <laughs> yeah. but I want to piggyback what you said though, it, uh, just to add on to that about mm-hmm. knowing what a character, the player should know what their characters' abilities, traits, skills, things are, and what they do and how they generally function. Right. Because if you don't, and you have to stop the game, like in the middle of everything mm-hmm. to go, I, I don't know what my character does. Right. You have just impacted everybody else sitting at the table and basically just told them to shove their social contract because you're too lazy to to learn what it is your character does. Right. Because yeah. As a GM, I'm just going to throw this out there. I know we're talking about players, but this right. this does have some bearing. Mm-hmm. At, uh, and I know this came up when we kind of canvassed Twitter a little bit too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As a game master... My job, your job, any game master's job is to be a facilitator yep. and provide, help provide the entertainment because it's a collective entertainment social event. We're all, mm-hmm. we're all there together and we're all creating a story together. Mm-hmm. But my job as a game master is not to be the sole provider of your entertainment right. to where I am going to tell you an entire story, tell you how to interact with that story, then tell you how that interaction happens with that story. Right. And you just sit back and I say, okay, well, this is what you're going to do. Roll dice. If, the, if that's what you want, go watch a fucking movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Read a yeah. goddamn book. Yeah. I mean, don't waste my time. Don't waste everybody else's time. There's, again, that social contract. There's right. a level of commitment. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. Wait, this is a podcast. I don't oh, no. have
0: to. No, this is, this is going to this is gonna be a giant 45-minute you know soapbox here for sure. Cause, and as, as you can tell... Keith and I are both game masters and players. So this, this is yes. going to be coming from both sides uh, of the spectrum here. Uh, yeah,
1: sorry. Our pendulum keeps swinging around Right. Here.
0: So you, you did bring up a good point. And I, and I think uh, it was uh, Matt, you know, Crafty Matt, who kind of brought that, yes, that it was. out. And and to be fair, you you do kind of, you know, there's a lot of people out there who look at it as a personal experience. And you see this all the time. My table doesn't do that. I've never seen that happen. I've never witnessed something such as this. And when when I see something like, you know, I really hate my game master because he doesn't do this, 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 or this, and everyone's advice is, well, you need to go find a new game master. You know, this is not like, you know, he's an asshole. You know, he's, you know, he's not listening to certain concerns that I have. It's just, he's not living up to my expectations. And you, you start reading into this and you start seeing stuff like what you just mentioned that it's, are, are they expecting him to be this all knowing, all capable artificial intelligence like a computer game that can just spit out um, you know, all of this content just because you wanted to make a left turn at Albuquerque instead of the right turn where the game was leading. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's... And I don't know... Okay, so here we go, speaking of Soapbox. I don't know if this is a younger generational thing because uh, I don't remember conducting that kind of expectations when I was playing, you know, when I was younger, nor do I do it now, but uh, you do see a lot of, you know, complaints about my GM doesn't do what I want him to do within regards to the story that I'm trying to tell. And then, right. And you There's see an all-
1: expectation management problem. Right. And that's a, that, but that's a player side issue. That's mm-hmm. not a game. Now right. I'm going to say it's not a game master issue. It, it, it can be. sure. So I can, I can hear people <laughs> listening to this down the road right. going, you son of a bitch. Right. Right. No, it, re- it definitely can be a game master.
0: Let me remind you, do. take another sip of that cocoa, bound yourself up in that way to blank a little bit more tighter because we're, we're dealing with one side. We can always go to the GM side another episode. So, so yeah, yes. stop, the we will. We will. <laughs>
1: stop the yelling. We will. Stop
0: the yelling. Okay, sorry, go on.
1: No, just it's, oh my God. Well, I mean, it, it's totally an expectation management problem. Mm-hmm. Players, uh, and, and I'm not going to say that it's a younger generational thing or mm-hmm. uh, us older folks one side or the other, right? right. it, it I, I've heard that same bitch gripe and complaint along that entire age spectrum. okay. it's uh, and I think it's comes from they they get a perceived notion in their head, mm-hmm. whether it comes from a, a really well produced twitch or YouTube stream that they really, really like, uh, or a uh, the way a video game that they're really passionate about tells a story. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or doesn't tell a story, and yeah. they want to play do something different and counter to that. So they come into role playing games or certain role playing games with expectations of how it should be or what they want to do differently that they didn't like, and from some other form or fashion, ah, and that I mean, becomes their expectation. And when the when the situation doesn't match, right, their their expectation management doesn't change. When they realize that the reality that their fate that they're involved in isn't meeting their expectations right uh, and I think that's where the the gripes come in well my GM my GM sucks I hate my GM because they don't do X, y and Z yeah but it's really nine times out of ten it's not a bad GM because mm-hmm. most other most of the other players at the table probably don't have a problem. Yeah, it's a single player issue, and it's because of their expectation management and how they want things done. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to that social contract, right? And why God, we keep swinging this pendulum. A session yeah. zero mm-hmm. um, is important for those expectation management concerns. Right. A lot of that can be can be addressed, resolved, or uh, some basic management of it can be done in a session zero. Yeah, just by having a conversation with players.
0: Yeah, and for those of you out out there who cringe, and this is not me, but there's a lot of people out there who cringe at the term session zero. It's just pre communication. It's it's the you know the moment you meet the the people that you're going to be playing with. Hey, this is the game we're going to be playing. This is what it's about. And uh, what do you think? Are you cool with this? Are you not cool with this? Uh, this is, you know, as a GM, this is what I'm planning to do with it. Uh, this is kind of what I'm expecting it to be like, and these are the type of player characters that would fit well within this. And right, and
1: character creation, yeah. and
0: mm-hmm.
1: if safety tools are being used, which I do recommend, sure. um, that's when they can be addressed. Again, those expectation managements, and that's that's the foundation of that social contract. If right. you have, if if you are setting up a long term gaming group
0: right but that's also the opportunity not for just the gm to display you know everything about the game that's the opportunity for the player characters to take the onus to start asking questions and bring up concerns yes hey keith there's this cool game called cult it's a horror game are you interested and that's where you as a player would probably go well what is cult about well you see it's this game that that involves all sorts of things like You know, uh, you know, child abuse, murder, uh, body horror, body horror, you know, things such as that. Oh, no, I'm not into that. Thank you very much. Or I don't have a problem with that. But either way, that's the opportunity for you to say yes or no, I'm in. But I do. A lot of people jump into these games just just based off of a general description. And then when they get involved in it, the player characters have this shock and awe realize it's not for them and then suddenly it's the gm's fault for not you know providing the proper amount of information well it's a two-way street in that regards you know right so could, let's mm-hmm. go ahead no no
1: i was going to say let's let's kind of go down that down that little rabbit hole about okay. learning about the game you're going to be playing right if you're right. making a commitment so i'm i'm player little timmy here and i've decided yeah. i'm going to play in in little steve's cult game here mm-hmm. and I don't know oh, much. God. I've agreed to play Colt. You've said, oh, cool. I- I'm cool with body horror and I don't know, whatever, running over children with cars, whatever. I'm cool yeah. with it. That's um, <laughs> Well, whatever, you know, whatever, however you pitched it, yeah. I've agreed to it. So to go, you know, to just to explore this a little bit more, and this goes back to being good, you know, a better player and player etiquette is back to being prepared, right? Yeah, you, I've committed to your game of cult. So, um, if I've committed to a long-term game, the expectation should be I'm going to make a, at least a small investment, right? Uh, I've I've went and bought the, the book, whether physical or digital, doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. right? I've invested. If I've said, "Hey, Scott, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to play your game," right? I know you're go- you're planning to do this campaign.
0: Mm-hmm. I know
1: it's going to be we're probably going to play several months, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go buy the book. I'm going to go buy the digital. I'm not going to invest in the hardcover, whatever, Mm -hmm. because I need to know how this works. Right. Right. I am making that investment in our social circle, our Mm -hmm. social contract. I've purchased the book. I've read about my, the character options. So when it comes time for like a session zero and, and to make characters, I am prepared. I know what right. kind of character I'd like to play, and then I can ask informed questions. Hey, Scott, is it cool if I play this type of archetype in cult? Right. And you could say, well, that one's really not going to work with the the, the campaign structure that I've got planned. Mm-hmm. But if you're really set on playing it, I will make it work. This is where again, social contract, the communication, right. and being prepared,
0: mm-hmm. and um, and be open. Yes. With that discussion. B, if you go in prepared, if, if you're doing something that goes against the grain, and you know it, I mean, most players know it. It's like, I'm going to try something new here. Go in there prepared for your Game Master to either A, maybe say it's not a good mix, or B, well, maybe, no, but... Because if you don't, you're going to be one of those people who are suddenly going to jump on social media and say, my game master is such a dick. He's not, you know, allowing me to be creative within the game or he said no to this wonderful idea. And a bunch of talking heads pop on there and say, you know, you're right. This is a fantastic concept. What's wrong with him? Go in there and be open with this conversation. Um, And then if it ends up working out, fantastic. But if it's not, at least you were prepared ahead of time because you know it it's the it's not going to dash your hopes into the ground uh right. if if you end up having to either modify it change it or maybe it just doesn't work period because it just it it doesn't it goes against the theme of you know the game uh you you're not going to have my little pony uh you know princess sparkle butt uh in a <laughs> game of cult <laughs>
1: ooh can uh, i can i try that in- colt I mean, next time
0: i mean you might uh i mean granted it does sound like a, a fantastic and fun idea but you know that well, could
1: be a very bad and painful idea too but,
0: but that joking aside if i was going to want to display what the game of like colt really is meant to be and you come up with me and say you know i want you know you know my 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 little pony you know uh mrs you know Tinklepissy. pissy no it's it's not going to represent the game that you know because guess right. guess what The GM has an idea of what he's trying to portray also. Um, And he wants you to exist in this somewhat living, breathing world that he's trying to, you know, lay down a foundation for your characters to jump in and make these stories that you're hoping to do within this game. But, you know, you throw a spanner into the works in that. And then suddenly, you know, it's not about the group. Like you said, it's not about the social contract. Uh, and you know, it's about you. Yeah, be be considerate. You know, when you're doing a game with with you know with your players and the GM, don't go in there with the intention of I'm going to go in there and I'm going to wreck it and I'm going to have my own ideas and I'm going to do this this is this, this and that because you know I'm the best fucking RPG player on the planet and I'm going to get Mrs. Tinklepissy in there no matter what.
1: <laughs> that's it. That's the that's the name of my next character, Mrs. Tinklepissy. <laughs>
0: that's mark my words matron of mystery material right there for sure oh hell yeah um so anyways Um, so i have gone off on a tangent there i know obviously you know show me on the dm's guide where the players hurt me but um but no there's once again there's a lot of stuff you see out there and as much as i want to jump on every one of these ridiculous social media threads and go you do realize you guys are horrible people (laughs) you're not in the right you're you're in the wrong but you know i just do what what you should do and just ignore it and move on but doesn't mean that it's still not out there Um, so if i
1: was your game master Uh and i said hey scott uh since we're gonna play cult Mm -hmm. i need you to go ahead and read over since this this is some stuff that your character can do i want you to read over these mechanical elements you know in this section of the book right what is the expectation? Are you going to read it? Or are you just going to be like, well, ah, he'll tell me how to do it when I get to it.
0: Uh, for me personally, and I'm just talking about Scott. Yes. Sure. I'm going to read it. It's either going to happen shortly thereafter after our conversation or up to two hours before we're playing. But one way or another, you got to be, you damn sure <laughs> yeah. that I will be reading that. Um, there's no way I'm going to pop into a game if, Either A, a player has asked me to do something, let's say we're two players planning something, or B, the GM asks me to do something that I'm going to go in there and say, you know what? You know, fuck, I forgot. Pending life excuses, of course. Life excuses always take precedence. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. So, again, if anybody's keeping tabs, we kind of seem to have a, a couple of central themes here. Yeah. Be prepared don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. This is a social contract between you and the other players mm-hmm. and along with your game master because they're a player too. Mm-hmm. So this goes back to, again, being prepared, right. you know, have the things you need to play your game at the table, just to recap, yep. you know, know the rules, mm-hmm. know what your character does. If your mm-hmm. GM asks you to read something, read it, mm-hmm. understand it. If you don't understand what they've asked you to read, ask questions. Again, communications, it's, it's, it all kind of comes, everything's coming full circle. Right. Can you think of anything else like big rocks, like how, you know, in terms of player etiquette? Uh,
0: yeah. Um, so yes, I've been thinking about this. It's been kind of stewing around in my head. Uh, so yeah, we, we've kind of made this a, uh, a tennis match as, as a player lobbing the ball back and forth between, between player and GM. But we're forgetting the aspect that another important part of being a good player at the table is how you interact with the other players absolutely uh, being aware of the people around you uh just like a gm you you need to be aware of their uh body language uh their personality uh you know there there's there's the typical you know types of players you can go to Seth skorkowski's video and see the breakdown of you know the the, the standards but you know but but be aware of the type of players that you're playing with you know is there are there you know is there an actor among you is there a rules lawyer among you is you know is there someone who just who's not a role player but a rolling player and don't look down upon them for what they enjoy most about the game don't come on and complain and I wish Steve would role play more all he wants to do is roll the dice and and deal with the outcome because I I'm here to create stories and Steve just wants to see whether that 20 comes up again and this I just don't don't get it well Recognizing what your your fellow players enjoy about the game the most is going to make your life a lot easier than trying to butt heads with them, and and try to make them something they're not. Um, is there a shy person at your table? Well, don't push them into role playing. You know, don't don't say, well, you know, you need to come out and describe every aspect, uh, you know, for verbatim about what your character's is doing. Uh, Do you not like people talking in third person? Well you know, crazy Larry, he runs up the street, you know, I, well, no, no, no. They, I want them to say, I do that. Cause they need to embrace a character. No, don't, nobody needs to do anything. Let recognize what your fellow players enjoy most about the game. Cause everyone has it embrace that. And, and then your job as a player, just like a GM is to try to mold yourself within that, to create a cohesive, uh, you know, social circle, like you said, uh, rather than, you know, create these speed bumps within them. Um, so yeah, just, and I'm sure I didn't touch on everything there, but that's, that's kind of like a basis of, you know, just, you know, you need to recognize your players also. And,
1: oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So as a player in terms of etiquette, right. Cause mm-hmm. etiquette's about behavior and right. interacting with others. You obviously need to respect everybody at the table. doesn't matter who they are, respect them. Right. Right. Especially if they're your long-term player. So being in a in a convention setting is, is, is different, same, mm-hmm. similar, yet still a little different than being with your home group, right? Right. Or a new forming home group. But back to my point about the social etiquette and discussing and, and with other players and having respect for other players. Right. Know your players. Know the players around you, your co-conspirators, as it were, right? Right. Know, know them, especially if they're your long-term group. Know... Start to learn their boundaries, right, uh, and respect those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, if you find something, if something comes up in play, and they want to push on that on a boundary, uh, to kind of put up a new boundary, respect that new boundary that they've put up. Because obviously, something that came up in the narrative is is problematic for them, so respect it, right? Um, whether that's they don't want to have the, the the full spotlight on them all the time, unlike you know, say you, right. you know, respect that. You know, everybody should be helping to manage the, the the overall game experience, the play experience of each and every person at the table. Right. But bottom line is, be respectful of each other. Mm-hmm. It's a shared experience of the entire group. Nobody should be the hog, the spotlight hog. You know, if you do have a wallflower that wants to kind of sit off to the side, because there are people like that, and that's fine. Yep. You know, encourage them to, to, to kind of come off the wall be respectful about it. Mm-hmm. You know, just be a good human for God's sake. Right. <laughs> um, but don't be antagonistic, don't, you know, mm-hmm. and and it kind of goes both ways, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, little Timmy wants to just do nothing but roll dice and kill things and little Janie over there wants to have these long dramatic narrative uh bouts of prose, you know, it, it can go both ways in terms of, well, I don't like that. And I don't like that.
0: Right. Don't disengage. Uh, Right. Know the type of, there, there you go. Know the type of player you are. Also, if you are the one who just likes rolling dice and dealing with combat, do not flip the off switch when they go into, you know, uh, Jennifer's long exposition of role playing still be in the moment. Uh, If you're a bit of, if you're a bit shy or a bit of a, a wallflower, at least when it's your turn and the GM, you know, it says it's your 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 time to make a decision at the table, be ready, you know, with, with something. You know, I know it can be hard sometimes, you know, socially, but at least be ready with something when it's your turn rather than, oh, um, I'm and fumbling with something. If you're the rules lawyer, don't be a dick. You know, there's nothing wrong with with making the actual correct correction if there's a bit of a mistake, but don't spout off shit left and right for every little thing. Yeah. And, and lastly, if, if you are the role player, do not hog the spotlight. Do not step on other people's toes. or do not step. thank on, you. Yes. Do not step on people <laughs> when they're trying to do something. Do not jump in when it's not your turn. Do not roll dice unless the GM tells you to.
1: Oh, my God. I can't reiterate that enough. Please. We're just going to put that in a loop, like a yeah. five-minute loop. No, I'm just kidding. Um. So yeah. So so we've taught you know so we've got these like big rocks right, right. on how to you know on on player etiquette, mm-hmm. um, how not to be a dick, right? <laughs> yeah. um, being prepared, social contracts, and all that. Mm-hmm. Let let's give so we've kind of identified like some some things right. Right. Let's give listeners like, additional things that they can do to improve. Sure. So we can we can end this segment on you know on a, on an up note right an yeah. upbeat.
0: Absolutely. And, and enough grinding people into the ground with our own personal judgment on how we love all of you. Oh, yeah. You know, it's do not do as I do. Do as I say. Right. OK. <laughs> right. No, no. Because we are perfect. Just admit it. OK, stop. Stop recording now. That's what we'll put on the loop. Uh, but no. So anyway. So, yes, you've got some things that maybe we could, uh, you know, focus on the positive, you know, improvement. Not just don't do right. this, but here's what you can do to be better.
1: I'll throw one out um, okay. every January mm-hmm. commit to commit just commit yourself to trying five new games ah as a player play find a way to play as a player five new role-playing games you have never played
0: before-hmm
1: doesn't matter if they're storytelling games something fantasy something sci-fi um, but I've done
0: it I've done it yes you have I've witnessed uh, it several times.
1: Even a sci-fi like spaghetti
0: western. Ooh, everyone's got to eat their broccoli. Everyone's got to eat their broccoli every once in a while.
1: And 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 Keith did. But try playing five new games. And the reason I'm suggesting that is a, it will allow you as a player to broaden your uh, field of potential field of interests, right? Mm -hmm. And and to know and to help identify things you like and things you don't like in terms of genres, mechanics experience types mm-hmm. uh things of that nature and it will also help you to identify specific games that nope i don't like this game i'm not if i have the chance to come up to play it again i'm not going to play it right or, or find you you know you may find your new favorite game
0: oh you also may find that there even though player etiquette is universal there's different etiquette per different game you know how you True conduct story. yourselves within that game so Broaden your horizons. I I absolutely 100% agree with you. Playing D&D and running D&D is not the same as running Call of Cthulhu and playing Call of Cthulhu uh, right. or any other game out there. So if you're sticking to just one specific game, it's not going to be a universal trait that will be applied everywhere. Broaden your horizons. Be flexible. Yeah. yeah. Cool.
1: Cool. And to piggyback with that, and then I'll I'll pass the – the mic back to you but to piggyback on that make sure that the the games are different but also make sure if you can try to play them with different players with other players Mm -hmm. uh other game masters and other players again it's for that experience you brought in your social circles your social network right you find new players that you like gaming with you find new players you don't like gaming with you find great game masters you find not so great game masters and your your social circle uh, expands and contracts and expands and contracts, and you know, kind of weeds itself in a sense. But at the same time, you get to learn what other personality types are that are out there. Mm-hmm. If you play with just the same five or six people all the time, online or face to face, you you kind of stovepipe yourself in your experiences. And when then, when you do get a potentially a rare chance to expand out. It's, it's kind of shocking so mm-hmm. if you if you have the goal every year of playing new games and playing new game those same new games with new players when possible right it's not always possible but when possible socially you grow too
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the suggestion that you had um, on your blog uh, you know Keith did touch on this to a degree on uh, rolling box cars but um, uh, I'm gonna add on to it. So one of the things that was I was suggesting and I agree with this, is a journal of your gaming experiences. Now, of course, not everyone's a writer. Not everyone's, you know, a, you know, a journalist or, you know, whatever the term is for writing in a journal. Uh, I don't know if I have that correct because journalist has journaler. Journaler. Yeah. Uh, but uh, journalist is different. But we are in the a grand age of technology. You don't have to write this down on Microsoft Word. You don't have to put it in in a um, you know in, in your My Little Pony diary uh, with Mrs. You know Twinkle Pissy. What the hell is her name? I forget. Uh, Twinkle Pissy. But uh, maybe you don't even have to do a Let's Play. But maybe record a session. You know, if you're playing online, uh, record it every once in a while, um, or just you know record it verbally, like with Audacity. Just like listening to you and your buddies, you know, uh, making silly recordings and you listen to yourself later and you realize, holy crap, what an idiot I was. Uh, Hearing yourself uh, engage with others, whether it be through the visual medium uh, or through a recording, uh, may kind of, you know, address some things that may have needed some work or that you've worked on and improved upon and recognized on your own. Recording your experiences, whether it be writing it down um, or visually or, you know, uh, audially recording these things, not only capture the details of the game, but, you know, you know, point out things that you may miss and other people may miss. And plus it sounds like fun. You know, can you imagine at the end of the year, you know, the, the few games that you and I played in with everyone and we sit down and we actually watch ourselves, um, after a couple beers, how funny that would be. And, Everyone would just you know be able to you know laugh at themselves and poke fun at at, at each other, uh, and then eventually, once it's all done, we delete it for all eternity uh, oh, from yeah. our computers. <laughs> so hell yeah, but no, but so whatever way possible, a, a way to reflect upon yourself. You know if if that's in your wheelhouse, you know this, this is more for people who are you know a little bit more h- hardcore gamers who are really into role playing games and whatnot. But if you're looking to improve yourself as a player. Having some sort of reflection of your past self is a surefire way to point out some flaws or whatnot and improve upon them. Uh, because if, right. if you, we can't rely on our own memories. Because uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, everything I've done there's been no fault. And when I close my eyes and I look back at myself, all I see is a shining example of me, uh, through and through. Yeah. Well, Nick. so
1: on that happy note, listeners, we're gonna wrap up this segment because we want we wanted to end on a positive note. And well, Scott is the apex of
0: awesome, so yeah.
1: we're gonna we're gonna roll
0: on out of here. Oh, not so fast. That's yeah, but but yeah. So that's uh Sorry, false no, alarm. Oh no, no. So do you have anything else though? Uh, do you have anything else that uh you know that would be a positive tool uh that that, that they can roll with?
1: Just expand your horizons, Mm -hmm. uh, try to grow as a person, both in terms of your, the way you interact with your fellow players, um, being courteous, being respectful, finding and knowing boundaries of those around you and, Mm -hmm. you know, respecting those and and being vocal, politely vocal about your boundaries Mm -hmm. and conveying those and being open to other people. You do that by just having different experiences so again i go back to play some new games play some new games with some new people that helps you in my opinion that helps you grow as a person as a gamer and it, it just brings it in the end makes you a better player gives you hopefully better social skills right and uh a better play experience for all involved at the table especially if everybody's doing that excellent so. excellent
0: so um we'll be conducting a seminar here uh the the titter pigs be a better player seminar uh at lake tahoe next year so uh send us your checks and uh you know next winter uh bring some skis and uh you know we'll, we'll have a, yeah. we'll have a symposium and and you can find
1: you can find keith on the bunny slope because uh, i don't ski but it's okay
0: <laughs> actually just send us your money we'll figure it out later uh, yeah yeah totally well, I, I didn't mean to step on your toes for closing it out. So do you do you want to bring us out to our uh closing segment, Keith? Uh
1: I would just like to say, you know, hey, thanks for listening to us on our soapbox. Um it's something I've written several articles on on rolling box cars, about social contracts, um, being a better player, being a better GM. It's something I'm kind of vocal about and kind of passionate about because I've been on both sides of the screen in different environments and I've seen a lot of crazy shenanigans. So mm-hmm. Again, Will Wheaton's rule applies. We'll close it out with that. Don't be a dick. Wait, don't be a dick.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Titterpigs. Give us a follow at Titterpigs on Twitter, join our Facebook group, or drop us an email at Titterpigs at gmail.com. Cheers, everyone.